if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed. Good morning to you. Thanks for being with us at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock as we get started on this Thursday, the 10th morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord 2020. Coming up on the program in about a half an hour, Corey Lewandowski, senior advisor to the Trump Pence 2020 campaign, will respond to the latest controversy that we will address in moments. Uh, which, of course, involves President Trump's interview with Bob Woodward, sat down for 18 hours of interviews with Bob Woodward for some reason that I don't understand. Uh, but we'll talk about that with Corey Lewandowski, among other things, coming up at 935. And then at 1035, a very important congressional race. No Republican has been able to unseat Marcy Captor for, I want to say, 70, 80, 90 years And I might be exaggerating a little bit, but not much. She's been there that long and has accomplished, well, that little. Rob Weber is the latest challenger. And uh, does he have a fighting chance? He thinks he does. And I think he does, too. It's going to be an uphill battle, no doubt about it. Uh, But Rob Weber, who is challenging Marcy Kaptur for the ninth, will be joining us at 1035. Looking forward to his conversation as well. In between those things, you can dial 216-901-0945. Or triple eight two eight one eleven ten. We're going to dive right into the biggest controversy that should not be a controversy going on in the country today, and I mean that quite seriously and quite literally. This Trump statement about to Bob Woodward about knowing in February how dangerous the virus was going to be, but then in March telling everybody it was not going to be a big deal is one of the biggest nothing stories, nothing burgers, if you will, that I have ever heard. And the reason why is very simple. Words don't matter when actions do. Donald Trump's actions during the very, very beginning stages of what would become a pandemic, of the release of the Chinese coronavirus from Wuhan, China, to Europe and to the rest of the world, The actions that Donald Trump took should be the only thing by which he is judged in this entire affair. I have so much audio I want to share with you about this today. Um, It's really quite amazing. But listening to the left try to destroy Donald Trump for the conversations that he had um, 
with Bob Woodward. Bob Woodward writing another hit piece book. That's just what he does. President Trump pointed out that he has done this to a lot of presidents, including uh, uh, Barack Obama. Uh, that's very true, which, again, kind of begs the question of why did he sit down with him for 18 hours of recorded interviews? President Trump, I think, sometimes just says, look, I said I would be the most transparent, and I am. And he is. It, that, that, by the way, cannot ever be argued. Donald Trump hides nothing. If he has an opinion, you're going to hear it. If he has a thought, he's going to express it. If he doesn't have a microphone nearby, he's going to tweet it. He is transparent as anything could ever be. Donald Trump wants you to know what he's thinking and what his plans are and what his thoughts are, etc., at virtually all times. And that may be an endearing quality, and it is to a large degree. It may also be something that is not necessarily helpful to himself. But in this regard or in this story, it doesn't matter. It simply does not matter. Donald Trump is accused of downplaying by the Democrats, of downplaying the media, which I repeat myself, as Peter Kersenow would say. Um, he's accused of downplaying the virus in March, leading to thousands of deaths. If he had stood at a podium and jumped up and down with his hair on fire and said, this is horrible, this is deadly, this is terrible, everybody locked down immediately. If he'd have done that, they would have accused him of being unprepared and unpresidential. Instead, he said, we have this going on. I've already taken steps to try to restrict it from getting here. We're restricting travel from China and from Europe, and we're, we're on it. And the coronavirus task force I formed is on it. That's all he needed to do, and that's exactly what he did. But the left wants you to think that he allowed people to die because he did not want uh, anybody to, uh, you know, a, a pandemic to interfere with his presidency. I've got so much audio, I'm going to die uh, dive into it right now. There was a great response to this yesterday on uh, the five by Jesse Waters and explaining the president's mindset about not creating a panic because that's what the president has said. He told Bob Bob Woodward, "I did not. I wanted to play it down because I'm the leader of the country and I did not want to create a panic. We're working on it behind the scenes. I don't need to panic people." Uh, out in front. This was a very, very thorough explanation. Listen. Jim Burks didn't tell him to shut it down in February. They told him to shut it down in March, and within 24 hours, Juan, he shut it down. Different presidents prepare the country differently for crisis. The Bush administration had warnings that there was going to be a humongous financial crisis. They were methodical, professional, and mature about it. And so they didn't create a run on the banks where people went out and withdrew their entire savings into cash and put it under their mattresses. JFK panicked the country during the nuclear standoff with the Soviets, told everybody to go build useless bomb shelters and had kids hiding under their desks in the classroom to prepare for nuclear Armageddon. People prepare the country differently. What did FDR said? You brought it up yourself, Juan. He said, you have nothing to fear but fear itself. And the president was saying, don't fear. He was calm. He was confident because he didn't want to create a panic. And he said so much in March on tape. So this isn't that big of a bombshell. If you go back to January, right after the briefing on the coronavirus, this is in the middle of an impeachment trial. If the president had all of a sudden called a massive news conference and said, listen, there could be a major pandemic coming out of China. We don't have a cure for it. We don't know what causes it. We don't know where it came from, how it got here, if China is going to be able to contain it, if we're going to be able to contain it. 
But I just wanted to let you know, that would cause complete pandemonium in this country, and the media would say he's just trying to distract from impeachment. The media would say what, specifically? They would say Donald Trump is trying to wag the dog. That's what this is, an attempt to wag the dog and take all of the focus off of the impeachment. And we can't impeach the president in the middle of something as serious as a pandemic. Jesse Waters was absolutely right. Now, you might say, well, he's a partisan fox hack. Okay. Let's talk about somebody that nobody considers to be a partisan fox hack. Nobody considers to be a true friend of the president. Nobody considers uh, to be somebody who would uh, uh, lie or, or tell anything less than the truth as it pertains to the response to the coronavirus. Uh, the immortal one, the unquestionable one, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Anthony Fauci, along with Dr. Deborah Burks, are the heads of the White House Coronavirus uh, Response Task Force. If anybody would know whether or not Donald Trump downplayed and did not respond to the coronavirus, and that he said something different to the people than what he was saying in the actual meetings, it would be Dr. Anthony Fauci. Let's listen to Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, responding to, to the question. Uh, as to whether or not President Trump intentionally played down a virus and put people's lives in danger. Listen. President Trump, according to Woodward, says uh, in, back in February that he knew how serious this was going to be, but all the way into March said he always wanted to play it down because he didn't want to create a panic. Uh, you were there through that whole thing. Was that the playbook or was that the president just going his own direction? You know, I don't think so, John. I mean, I don't I don't recall anything different than in our discussions that we had with the president that he said things quite similar publicly. So I, I you know I, I didn't read the book. I didn't really go over mm-hmm. any of the text since it just came out. But, you know, when in my discussions and the discussions of other task force members with the president uh, were talking about the reality of what was going on. And then when we would get up in front of the press conferences, which were very, very common after our discussions mm-hmm. with the president, he really didn't say anything different than we discussed when we were with him. So that 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 line right there is the money line. I was with the president in our behind closed doors strategy sessions. I, Dr. Anthony Fauci, helped devise the strategy as to what we are going to do to address the seriousness of the virus and what our response should be. Then the president took that out to the podium in front of the people and didn't say anything different than we discussed. This is Dr. Anthony Fauci. Everybody says, listen to Fauci, listen to Fauci, listen to Fauci. Now, I've pointed out that Fauci has contradicted himself on a number of things with respect to opening schools, uh, having sports, shaking hands, uh, vaccine. He has contradicted himself a lot. But he is the trusted resource that everybody on the left points to. Well, here he is saying that President Trump did not try to mislead the people. That President Trump did not, there were no discrepancies between what he and we said behind closed doors and what he said publicly. Let's listen to more. But I can tell you, obviously, anyone who knows me and you do, that Mm -hmm. I would never be muzzled about anything when it comes to science and evidence and the facts. And there is a process that's going on right now. And I think we just mentioned it with how quickly a trial was put on hold when there was an adverse event, that the process that's going on in trying to prove the safety and the efficacy 
of a number of vaccines is a sound process. I have faith in it. There are outside boards, data and safety monitoring boards. There are committees that advise the FDA about this. So I have confidence that things are going to be done in a scientifically sound manner. That's important to know because, again, here's Dr. Anthony Fauci saying that he and the Trump administration, corona it's a long title, but the Coronavirus uh, uh, Response uh, Task Force, the White House Coronavirus Response Task Force, um, is, is following the science that they are doing exactly what they should be doing because he would never allow it to be otherwise. As he said, I would never be muzzled when it comes to science and evidence and the facts. And he has signed off on what the president has done in response to the virus, including the vaccine process. So that's very important to note. Now, something else that's very important to note, that everything that President Trump did was very upfront and very, very public, And he did indeed say to Bob Woodward he did not want to be responsible for a panic. He wanted to reassure people. Joe Biden and the liberal Democrats did the exact opposite. And they are now condemning Donald Trump for not screaming through the streets, we're all going to die, we're all going to die. Karl Rove last night on Hannity had one of the most extraordinary passionate explanations of all of this and condemnations of those responsible for this uh, this overreaction to a nothing burger story that I've ever heard. You may have heard Hugh Hewitt play it this morning. I'm going to play it for you next right here on AM 1420, The Answer. We don't get food again. France Authority, here on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, I told you I had a ton of audio to address this ridiculous non-story. Nobody deconstructed this non-story better than Carl Rove did last night on Hannity. Well, yeah, but he, he's, he went over the top today, and the fact that the media didn't call him to counter doesn't seem to see any problem with it. I got three points I want to make, and I, so I got a three-board night. We got oh, a record boy. going here. First of all, I, w- I was intrigued by his rhetoric in his speech. He said the, pr- the president failed to do his... He's uh, talking about Joe Biden's speech, by the way, here, in which he condemned the president over this. ...his job on purpose. That is to say, the president wanted people to die, he wanted him to get sick, and he did it on purpose. He said, this is a life-and-death betrayal. I mean, that's really over the top. He said, experts say... If the president acted one week earlier, 36,000 lives would have been saved. Earlier in the year, he was saying if the president had listened to what I was saying in January, he had acted one week earlier, 36,000 lives would have been saved. The Washington Post said this was completely inaccurate. This was not accurate. He said the recession was created by... Trump's negligence. So it's not the, the responsibility of the coronavirus. It's Trump who created the, the, the recession. And how did the president create that? By shutting down the economy as the science told him to do and have us quarantine at home. Would, would Joe Biden have said, no, we should, we should not do that? I mean, where is he going to listen to the science or not? So he, he deliberately attacks the president, I think, in an over-the-top way. Here's the more important point to me. 
I'm interested in what did Joe Biden know and when did he know it and what was he thinking at the time this coronavirus came on? Because right now he's looking back and saying, President Trump did everything wrong and I'm the genius if you'd only listen to me if I'd only been in charge. So I'm interested in what did Joe Biden say during the, as this came on and what did the people around him who were advising him say? January 27th, he writes an op-ed, says this is a dangerous disease and here's my plan. In 2021, after I'm elected, we're going to set up a public health emergency fund. We're going to give the president the power to declare a pandemic uh, a disaster emergency, which he already has. And we're going to set up what he called the global health services to help countries around the world. Does any of that sound like this guy was confronting what we were facing at that point? That was the 27th of January. On the 31st, Trump puts in the the China ban, and you know what he said. He said this is a uh, you know xenophobic. This is racist. On the twenty eighth, the day two days before, uh, three days before uh, Trump puts in the travel ban, Ron Klain, who's a big advisor to him on health issues, says if he does this, this would be premature. On the thirtieth, the day before, Zeke Emanuel, who's a top health care advisor to him and constantly being heard, says stop. Uh, stop uh, panicking over the prospect of what the coronavirus is going to do. Stop panicking, he says. On the second of, of uh, excuse me, on, on the sixth of February, he had an expert, a guy named Erwin Redlenter, said the idea that this is going to be a serious pandemic is not very likely, and the and, and the odds of it being a lethal form is negligible. That was the guy advising Joe Biden. On this, the 11th and 13th, we hear again from Klain. Klain says, this is not serious. We don't face a health uh, epidemic. We face a, quote, fear epidemic. Attacking President Trump for raising uh, concerns about it unnecessarily. On the 20th, Zeke Emanuel says, this is all an overreaction. We then have Nancy Pelosi go out and say, come to Chinatown. Don't worry about this. That happened on the 23rd. On the 29th, Zeke Emanuel says, you know what? The masks aren't going to work. Don't don't use a mask. This is the day that the first American dies from coronavirus. And Joe Biden's top advisors on television say, don't worry, don't go out, run out and get a mask. It's not going to do any good. And then on the 12th, as President Trump is putting in place a travel ban on Europe, Lisa Monaco, a top advisor to Biden and Biden himself, go out and double team on the issue of the European travel ban and say, we don't need to do this. This is premature. We don't hear the word mask from Biden. We don't hear the word social distancing from Biden. We don't hear the idea of a lockdown. We don't even hear the idea of you of invoking the National Defense Production Act in order to do uh, to, to get control of the PPE problem that the Biden Obama administration created by not refilling our stockpiles. We don't hear those until after the middle of March when President Trump is already talking about all of those things. So I'm sitting here saying here's a guy lecturing the country saying Donald Trump killed people deliberately. And if he'd only listen to me when he and his people are not saying we need to shut down the economy, we need to have everybody wear a mask, we need to quarantine in place, we need to do this, we need to do that. In fact, they're saying that's a fear epidemic, and the the, the idea that this is going to be a serious pandemic is, is very unlikely. Carl Rove last night on Hannity just stripping the bark off of Joe Biden for his ridiculous speech claiming that Donald Trump's interview with Bob Woodward shows that President Trump intentionally ignored the virus the same virus that he screamed about President Trump being xenophobic over for banning people coming from the nation where the virus originated. 
Uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, we're going to talk more about this with Corey Lewandowski, Senior Advisor to Trump Pence 2020. He's next on AM 1420, The Answer. now. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. I told you we're going to talk to Corey Lewandowski momentarily. We're trying to make that connection right now. Senior advisor to Trump 2020. Oh, I'm told. How about that? Perfect timing. I was going to give you a little bit of President Trump's response to all of this last night on Hannity, but let's talk now to the senior advisor for Trump and Pence 2020, Corey Lewandowski, back on the air here in Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. Corey, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks very much. Um, but boy, I'll tell you what, this, uh, this, this stuff is getting to be very, very old. And I know I should probably prepare for more of it because we are in the uh, silly season, if you will, uh, as uh, one surprise after another attempt in t- attempting to uh, take this president down uh, has begun now that Labor Day has passed. Corey, let's, uh, let's dive into what was alleged yesterday, not what Donald Trump said on tape to Bob Woodward about um, the pandemic, about knowing in February that it was going to be very serious and very dangerous, but in March, playing it down and saying that it's not anything to worry about worse than the flu. Let's talk about what Joe Biden said. Joe Biden characterized all of that as being President Trump intentionally putting people in harm's way and, in fact, intentionally leading to the deaths of, of thousands of Americans. He repeated the, uh, the, the lie that if uh, President Trump had acted one week sooner, that it would have saved 36,000 lies. Can you give us your response to the, uh, the, the Biden campaign and their characterization of all of this yesterday? You know, it's amazing when you listen to Joe Biden and when he says things, and I think the American people see that he doesn't have the mental acuity to be the leader of the free world, the commander-in-chief of the world's greatest military, because he says things that are just so wrong. He said if Donald Trump acted one week sooner, these people would have been saved. If he acted two weeks sooner, more people would have been saved. The truth is, as soon as Donald Trump had information, he banned flights coming in from mainland China, unless you were an American citizen or a permanent green card holder. And he was widely criticized as being xenophobic and anti-Chinese all of a sudden for doing that. That saved American lives. By Joe, Joe Biden. Biden do? That's exactly right. By Joe Biden and by the media. And what did Joe Biden do? He said, this is my plan if I would be the commander-in-chief on how I would combat the COVID pandemic. He outlined seven things, all of which Donald Trump had already done prior to Joe Biden outlining that. And then what did Joe Biden say? He said, I would listen to some non-elected bureaucrat scientists to tell me if we should close our country again permanently. Okay, that's not what leaders do. What Donald Trump had said was, we're going to give you the information. You're going to make decisions. We're going to make them at the local level. But I'm going to make sure that you have all the resources necessary. And if you're in a high-risk category, don't put yourself in harm's way. Wear a mask when you're out in public. Do, do us all a favor and go wash your hands. I mean, is that a big ask to ask people go wash your hands and do us all a favor? But Joe Biden has lied continuously about this. We know that Donald Trump, we never had an underlying economic problem in our country. We had a health problem, and he closed our country for about nine weeks to make sure that we were saving American lives. And we saw that curve when the experts told us that tens of millions of people could potentially be dead and our hospitals would be overwhelmed and overrun. And what did Donald Trump do? He turned the job at center into New York into an emergency care facility. He sent the USS Mercy and other Navy ships to these places so that they would ensure we had the tools necessary. Many of those resources were never utilized because the experts were wrong. That's what it comes down to. And Joe Biden 
if he was elected leader of the free world, was going to allow the experts to dictate what our country does. That's not a leader. That's a follower. That's right. Donald Trump has been right on this COVID thing. And look, one life lost is one life too many. Absolutely. But Donald Trump is the only candidate who's going to hold China accountable for the Wuhan virus. And that's what it is. And when he calls it the Chinese Wuhan virus, what do they say? You're a racist again. Why do you say that? Well, he says because it was founded in China. That's where it comes from. And they say, but you're a racist. It's always about race with Donald Trump. They want to go after him all the time. The American people are too smart. Our country is back. Well, our jobs are back. Our economic security is back. And we stand for the men and women who serve on the thin blue line. Well, you know, you we go back to March, and you can see countless examples of the media, including his most fierce critics on CNN and MSNBC and the Alphabet Networks, all uh, calling it a Chinese virus. Uh, but only when Donald Trump started doing that that, of course, it become racist. Uh, I want to talk uh, a little bit more about uh, what the president actually did and the praise. You can look and see online there are countless montages of Andrew Cuomo, who hates the president, of Gavin Newsom, Newsom, who hates the president, of governors all across the country who are Democrats who hate the president, praising him for his leadership and for the federal response to the coronavirus in each of their states, saying nothing that we have asked for have we been denied. He has been phenomenal. And when you have your enemies saying your actions were, were outstanding during this time. What difference does it make what his words were? Well, it's exactly right. Look, there has never been one person who needed a ventilator because of the COVID-19 crisis who didn't get one. You know, this president moved heaven and earth to provide masks and personal protective equipment to every state and every emergency responder who needed it. But remember something. It was under the Obama-Biden years that our stockpile was depleted. It was under the Obama-Biden years where our offshoring of our personal protective equipment was moved to China so that we were once again reliant on a foreign country to solve a problem that we had here in this country. And Donald Trump said no more. He used what's called the Defense Production Act to force companies to retool their facilities to make personal protective equipment so we didn't have to rely on getting products in from China. It has woken America up. You know what? This notion that we continue to offshore all of our manufacturing and think it's going to be okay is no longer acceptable. The president talked about it now for four years. Joe Biden's idea is send everything to China, let them make it for pennies on the dollar, and then God forbid we ever need them back here. So, you know, Cuomo and Newsom, they all sat there and praised the administration's rapid response. It didn't matter if we were a Democrat or Republican. This president gave us every single thing we needed. Mike Pence did calls with the governors every day for weeks to give them information and ask what else was needed. And now... After we look at Cuomo's record of death in nursing homes because of his failed policies, he's trying to blame the president for it. Right. And again, this is after in in, uh, March and in April and in May. I mean, really, for most of the summer, he thanked President Trump and praised President Trump for the wonderful federal response because uh, the president did exactly everything that he said. But now, of course, we're getting close to election time, and he's got to blame the president and attack the president because it's all part of the Democrat strategy. Uh, I want to ask you about this. Corey Lewandowski is our guest, senior advisor uh, to Trump-Pence 2020. I like to trust the president's judgment and do on, on almost all occasions. But I have to ask you about it. last night. He said on uh, on Hannity uh, about Woodward. He does hit jobs with everybody. He even did it on Obama. Constant hit jobs. George W. Bush. I guess they did three books. They were all terrible. 
if he knows Bob Woodward is going to do a hit job and has done that, why submit to 18 different one-hour sessions on tape with a guy that does not have the president's best interest here in terms of how he presents him? You know, I wish I could give you a better answer, and I'm going to give you the best answer I can. Unfortunately, I believe this is a failure of the staff. The staff who is allowed access to the president on 18 separate occasions to sit down with a reporter who you know is hostile at best and adversarial uh, at worst, right? And, 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 you know, they allow this to happen. Look, this president is fully accessible to the media. He's done more media interviews in a week than Joe Biden probably has in the last 20 years. But the truth is, giving a reporter access is one thing, and allowing them to sit down in a confined amount of time and ask you questions is the right thing to do. When you provide someone the opportunity over nine hours and 18 interviews to simply, uh, you know, have you answer every question they could ever think of. It's crazy. It's, it's the old story of, hey, let me put a police car in your tail for 500 miles, and I'm sure we're going to find something wrong with you, right? Yeah. You stick a reporter around with you for 18 interviews, nine hours straight at all hours of the day with unfettered access, someone is going to come up with something that can either be taken out of context. But look, what did the president say in that interview? He said, I don't want to panic the American people. We're working on this. And what's the opposite of that? Joe Biden says, we must panic everybody. We must close down our government. We're going to listen to the bureaucrats. Okay? Donald Trump says, National mask mandate, too, Biden said. He would shut everything down and have a national mask mandate. Kamala Kamala says the mask mandate was all nonsense, right, when they asked her about it. And she's the same woman who's yet to take a COVID test. How is that even possible? I've taken about (laughs) 700 of these things, I think, maybe. Okay, slight exaggeration, but not by much. Well, as long as you're talking about exaggerations from from Biden and, and Kamala Harris, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, some other things here. I mean, we've seen the polls getting tighter and tighter. We have heard them, or rather, we have not heard them condemning and uh, and and uh, uh, refuting and repudiating all of the violence that is being done in liberal Democrat names because it is their base out there in Antifa. It is their base in Black Lives Matter Inc. that are committing all of these uh, terrible rioting crimes uh, all across this country. They've been silent about it until very recently. They've also been silent about some of the other things that they are now flip-flopping on, including things like fracking and energy. But they see the polls in Pennsylvania tightening, and it's, we'll never ban fracking. Wait a minute. You both are on tape literally this summer saying you would ban fracking. So um, is there anything, honestly, that you can take from Biden and Harris and trust that if they were to be elected that they would actually follow through on? You bet you there are. And let me tell you what they are. They know that energy independence is not important to them, which means fracking and fossil fuels disappear under the uh, a Biden-Kamala Harris ticket. You know that law and order disappears because they've got 13 members of their campaign team who put up money to bail out marauders who are destroying police substations and looting places. They put up money so that those people could be bailed out of jail. Look, we know the values of Ohio and Pennsylvania. We know what hard work is, and we know it's not easy to survive in a global marketplace. But because of the policies of President Trump, we're now, we are a net exporter of energy from our country, which means coal and steel and manufacturing jobs have come home again. You know, remember, Hillary Clinton said, we're going to put you coal guys out of business. Joe Biden feels exactly the same way. This is the guy who claims to be from Pennsylvania, but hasn't lived there in 66 years. Look, I lived a number of years in Ohio, but I didn't claim to be from Ohio. And that's the difference. You can take to the bank that Kamala Harris and Joe Biden will use every resource at their disposal to lock this country down, to stop you from having a successful small business. They will pick winners and losers. They will determine which stores can stay open and which ones will stay closed. They will make sure 
that uh, our way of life is fundamentally changed because they have said very candidly the police need to be defunded. This president has said the police need to be defended. And you take that to the bank, and, and I'll tell you what, whether you're in Ohio, Pennsylvania, or anywhere else, every single one of our children has the right to safety and security at their homes, at their schools, at parents at their businesses, and, of course, at their places of worship. Donald Trump stands for that. Joe Biden stands on reducing that. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's just the dishonesty, Corey, because literally just this week, you know, Joe Biden is saying, no, I don't want to defund the police. In fact, I think they need more help. They need more funding. He sees the polls closing, and again, he knows exactly why. His advisors, while they may be uh, uh, dishonest, they're not stupid, and they do know they do understand law and order is a huge, huge advantage for the president, which is why he got the FOP endorsement and so many other law enforcement endorsements around the country. Corey, last thing, and I'll let you jet, and I appreciate your time. Uh, this particular Woodward story has pushed the Atlantic story off the front page, and I suppose that's a good thing. But I, I want you to get give us your reaction to this ridiculous story, and I know that Zach Fuentes has, has disputed, I think, some 15 to 20 eyewitnesses who were with the president on that trip in 2018 have refuted the notion that he would refer to our war dead as suckers and losers, but I wanted to give you a chance to respond. I have had the privilege to travel with the president for thousands upon thousands of hours uh, over the course of the last six years. I know how much he respects our military, our men and women in uniform. He's the president who rebuilt our military. It used to be in tatters, and he's rebuilt it to the uh, priority that it should be. He's given our men and women in uniform a pay raise, the largest pay raise they've had in a decade. I know how much he supports those people. And, look, my friends were in that room, from Dan Scavino to Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, Zach Fuentes. I know them all. They also, it's not true, but this is the dishonesty of the media. They take, an on, uh, they take an anonymous source, they run a story, and now look at four days later after that story has been out there, the editor of The Atlantic says, well, maybe we got it wrong. Maybe, just maybe, we didn't get it completely correct after the Navy put out the uh, email that was classified that said we have to cancel this. Secret Service has weighed in and said we would not allow the president to get into a motorized vehicle for, three hour, for a three-hour drive. I'm sorry. And HMX-1 or Marine-1 could not fly in that weather. These are protocols that are put in place for safety reasons, and none of this ever occurred. Look, this is just like me making up a story about Joe Biden or Kamala Harris, completely out of thin air, putting it on the front page, but the media hates this president. So anything that's disparaging to this president, they want to make front page news. The American people are so smart. They know better. They've seen the results he's provided in the last four years, and we know we're going to win big in Ohio, and it's going to require, it's going to allow us, to make sure Donald Trump and Mike Pence are the president and vice president for four more years. Corey Lewandowski, senior advisor to Trump 2020, Trump-Pence 2020. You've been one of the most loyal supporters uh, and servers of the president uh, in these last six years, Corey. Please keep up the good work. Stay strong for the next two months. Help us get that uh, get that done on November 3rd and, uh, and, and help us to continue to keep America great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Corey Lewandowski on AM 1420, The Answer. It's 9.50. Really important stuff there that he talked about. And uh, he's been, as I said, one of the most loyal uh, supporters and advisors to the president. Uh, His words should be taken very seriously. All right, we'll get a time out here. Uh, i got time for a call or two before the top of the hour. We're going to talk more about, and I've got a lot more audio for you, about this uh, ridiculous non-story that was essentially put to bed, in my view, by Dr. Anthony Fauci, of all people. Dr. Anthony Fauci says that what President Trump told Bob Woodward is insignificant because what he did, in fact, was very, very different. 
He took it seriously from the beginning, and he acted on that from the beginning. All he tried to do was keep America calm in the process. All of that coming up, AM 1420, The Answer. France here on AM 1420. The answer. All right, 955. Uh, I'm going to take phone calls next segment after the top of the hour news because I want to use this period to uh, to reinforce something that Corey Lewandowski and I were just talking about, and that is the fact that the Democrats who are all, all now screaming that Donald Trump botched the response to the coronavirus. Donald Trump did not warn Americans properly, did not do enough to save American lives. Donald Trump is responsible for deaths, et cetera, et cetera. I want you to listen to them. This is Anderson Cooper on with California's governor, Gavin Newsom, on CNN. And for some reason, we're not hearing the, uh, oh, here it is. Here we go. Yeah, look, I mean, Anderson, we're involved in 68 lawsuits with the Trump administration. I've been on your show. I haven't been timid. He certainly hasn't been timid. Uh, but I got to say this. It's just a fact. I'd be lying to you. I'd be lying to the American people. Every single direct request that he was capable uh, of meeting, uh, he has met. We have the USNS Mercy in California because of his direct intervention and support 2,000 of these uh, federal uh, medical stations because of his direct support. And so I can only speak for myself, uh, but I have to be complimentary. Otherwise, I would be simply lying to you, misleading you. Uh, and that is a, a wonderful thing to be able to say. Uh, and I hope that continues. Uh, the president of the United States gave, and this is a liberal Democrat governor who hates Donald Trump, period, point blank. He hates Donald Trump. He hates his politics. He hates everything about conservatism. He's one of the most far left governors in the history of this country, not just the history of California, which is saying a lot anyway. But this is what, what uh, uh, um, uh, Gavin Newsom said. And Andrew Cuomo has done the same thing. Andrew Cuomo, the, the uh, governor of New York, has said the president has provided them with everything, has been phenomenal in his leadership. Says that the Trump response to the coronavirus has been exactly what New Yorkers have needed. Now remember, this is Andrew Cuomo who hates Donald Trump. Do I have faith in the president? Look, what the federal government did working with states, as I just said, was a phenomenal accomplishment. Uh, We bent the curve. We flattened the curve. Government did it. People did it. But government facilitates people's actions, right? Uh, We had to double the hospital capacity in New York State. Uh, That's what all the experts said. The president brought in the Army Corps of Engineers. They built uh, 2,500 beds at Javits that uh, Michael and Northwell were operating. It was a phenomenal accomplishment. Uh, Close to 1,000 people have gone through Javits. Luckily, we didn't need the 2,500 beds. But all the projections said we did need it, and more, by the way. Uh, So these were just extraordinary efforts and acts of mobilization extraordinary efforts and acts of mobilization from the federal government to assist the states like New York. So all of the praise that Democrats have heaped upon Donald Trump and the federal response now are to be wiped out because of the Bob Woodward interviews in which the president said in March that he wanted to keep things down, that he wanted to keep people positive, that he wanted to not create a panic. 
what the president did behind the scenes was work to confront the virus head on in every avenue, in every capacity. What he said publicly was, don't freak out. Don't run around and, 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 you know, st- uh, uh, make a, a mob scene at the grocery stores by, by stocking up on, on things like toilet paper and other goods that you might have a shortfall, a shortfall on later on. He didn't want people freaking out and making a run on necessities. He didn't want people freaking out and panicking their children. He stayed calm which is exactly what a leader is supposed to do. And that's what he explained last night in response to all of this on Hannity. But your actions just seven days earlier were you put a travel ban in effect and a quarantine in effect, again, hasn't been done in 50 years. So actions mean something, and you taking it seriously was very clear then. And then when you said, well, I don't want people to panic, they say, well, you must have been downplaying it. Wouldn't your actions contradict that narrative? Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at, uh, we've had flu years where we lost 70, 80, and 90,000 people. People don't realize that. But if you look that and multiply that times five, it's actually more than we lost. Now, we could have lost two million, two and a half million, as Matt said, if we did it a different way. Yeah, but uh, what I want to show is I want to show a calmness. I'm the leader of the country. I can't be jumping up and down and scaring people. I don't want to scare people. I want people not to panic. And that's exactly what I did. And not only did he say this last night, that is precisely what he said back in March during the period of time that everybody is talking about with uh, with the Bob Woodward tapes. This is the president in a press conference on March 31st. I want to give people a feeling of hope. I could be very negative. I could say, wait a minute, those numbers are... Terrible. This is going to be horrible. This is a horrible thing. Hey, Jim. Jim Acosta, of course, interrupting the president as he gives his message. But the president said, yeah, I want everybody to be uh, uh, positive. And I and I'm the biggest cheerleader for this country. He said, we're going through the worst thing that a country has ever seen with a pandemic. And we need somebody to be positive and give us hope while behind the scenes working his tail off. The president's response to this and the Trump's administration's respo- response to um The uh, Chinese coronavirus is honestly that old metaphor of the duck, calm and peaceful on top, but underneath paddling like hell. And you just can't see what's happening underneath. News time now. Back after this.